1: Hello and welcome to the Osher Ginsberg podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is a weekly conversation where my goal is to talk with guests that have a great story to tell and through their story, hopefully get inspired myself and perhaps inspire you too. Uh, If you like what I'm doing here or if you don't like what I'm doing here, please tell me. I'm on Twitter at Osher Ginsberg, at O-S-H-E-R-G-U-N-S-B-E-R-G. Just let me know and the greatest way that you can give back if you enjoy this podcast, the greatest way. Please send out a tweet or post a Facebook update linking back to the podcast page at osherginsburg.com It only takes a few moments and it just helps ensure that there will be plenty more interesting conversations that are a part of your week for years to come. I'm planning on doing this for quite a while. There's a button you can click on every episode page. It really, it takes 15 seconds. I've timed it. Uh, It'll bring you great karma and great joy. I absolutely promise. Look, I apologize for the the ambiance you might be hearing in the background. I'm on the back deck of my brother's house in Brisbane on a very, very warm afternoon, and it is absolutely blissful there's magpies, there's the Southeast Treeway, there's geckos. That's It's it's just absolutely brilliant here. I've been running a lot. The one thing I really miss about Brisbane, and in fact, Australia, when I'm not in Australia, is public space. Where I live in Los Angeles, there's not a lot of public space, which is why I like to live out by the beach out in Venice, where there is public space. But in the city proper, where I used to live in, um, in Hollywood and in Studio City, there's just no parks. There's no running trails. It's just nothing along those lines so being here in Brisbane and you know seeing the for, the, the forethought and the, and the vision of the, the various city councils and governments to put in bicycle paths and parklands and parkways and it's just it's just amazing so I've been running a bit I uh I got all inspired the other day and I, I did some burpees I tell you whoever uh whoever, whoever invented burpees they, they 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 stopped one gastrointestinal reaction short of the the true reaction of doing enough of them <laughs> my goodness! Um, yesterday had the most amazing day. My brother and I, and some of my brother's friends, went to the second day of the Ashes Test at the Gabba, and it was just, just so brilliant, just so brilliant. I've been going to the Gabba since back when there was just wooden chairs, and it was, and there was a hill, and look, it was amazing to be, you know, that immersed back into such a, a powerful example of Australian culture. There were some elements of it that I was like, oh, really we do that. Oh, that's okay. But, you know, just to, to, to be a part of, of you know, 33,000 people all enjoying the same thing was, was really great. And and watching the uh, the English and the Australians battle it out. The English didn't have a very good day. The Australians had a very good day. And it was just, just so wonderful to be back in Brisbane and, you know, the, the smell of a distant pie and, and the smell of the sunscreen and the, the ABC grandstand commentary and, in my ear. It was just just a brilliant, brilliant day at the cricket. It was. I'm so happy to have done it. Um, big news is that I'm actually staying in Australia for a couple of weeks. Not a lot happens in the um, Los Angeles TV industry between Thanksgiving and Christmas, so I'm super grateful to, to be staying in Sydney for a couple of weeks. I've picked up some work, which I'm stoked about. I'm doing three weeks of breakfast radio on Nova 969 with the delightful Rachel Finch. This podcasting might be just paying off so thank you very much to everyone for your incredible support a a year ago um i i got the news that i wouldn't be coming back for another year of the hot hits live from la and here i am coming back on australian radio um capital city breakfast kaboom i'm pretty excited i couldn't be more excited my old program director craig bruce i know i've told this before i'll tell it again he's now the content director at southern cross stereo i think that's his new job i'm pretty sure sorry craig you're a head honcho there you're you're a big deal people know you um he always used to say to me that if your heart doesn't race before you turn the mic on you should go find another job and let someone else sit in their chair and i promise you even just doing the podcast my heart races every time i hit record and i just can't wait to do some breakfast radio again with uh such a fabulous fabulous uh co-host rachel's great she does really good stuff with fitzy and whipper and i'm stoked man i'm stoked to be uh to be doing that it's going to be great absolutely great. And I should have radio hair by then. I'm going to get my hair cut in about an hour from now. It's no longer going to be TV hair, I think. I'm a bit scared about it. Anyway, uh, about today's show. Today's show is amazing. I've been waiting so long to get this guy on the podcast and I'm thrilled that I've finally been able to do it. Today's guest is the incredible Eugene Tan from aquabumps.com. He's a hero of mine because he's created the life that he wants to live for himself and he lives it. He works very, very hard, sure, but he is in control of his own destiny, and uh, I, I really want to emulate what he's built for himself and for his family. He's remarkable. I'd like, I'd like a little more of that in my life, so I've managed to grab some time with him during his very, very busy lead-up to Christmas. He's just launched his second book, The Beach Blog, which is remarkable. It's got a lenticular cover, which is, you know, those old rulers, when you flip the ruler back and forth, the pictures change, so this, the cover is that. Amazing! I bought two copies. They make an excellent Christmas gift. Someone listening is going to get one. Try and guess who it is. Um, oh, hang on. Maybe that guy doesn't listen. Maybe it does. Maybe I'll let him know. Hey, maybe you should really listen. No, don't. Anyway, um, it's a little slice of Bondi um, that goes a long way uh, to have around. I loved having. I've uh, got his first book on my coffee table. I'm thrilled to be having a second book on my coffee table. And in fact, I buy a lot of. You can buy little Christmas cards and stuff there as well, which I like to give uh, people around Christmas time because. You know, people over in LA—they just little slice of Bondi makes them feel very excited, and it's a—it's a beautiful. Um, there's links to uh, where you can buy the book, The Beach Blog, on the show uh, on the show notes on the podcast page at osherkinsberg com. Um, he's a regular part of the day for around sixty thousand subscribers to his daily email and nearly a hundred thousand on Facebook. There's an amazing moment in the interview where he talks about shooting at Pipeline in Hawaii, and I ask about you know, so where do the photos go? Just for your blog? He goes, Yeah, man. I have more people that see my photos than any surf mag in Australia by multiples. And he's right. He's built such an incredible outlet for his, his work right now. Just go. Go to Aquabumps.com. Sign up to the daily email that he sends. It's well worth your while. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. He's an inspiring man. He's just bursting with joy. And, and just bursting with love for his life, his work, his family. His vibes are infectious. You just can't escape smiling when you're around Eugene Tan. If you're ever in Sydney, go visit him at the Aqua Bumps Gallery. He's usually there about 10, 30, 11 in the morning when he's finished posting his, um, his uh, update for the day. Uh, it's on Kalua Street in Bondi. You absolutely won't regret it. Let's get into it. My guest today is one of Australia's most successful photographers, huge from aquabumps.com. We talk about getting out of bed before dawn every day for 15 years straight, making the leap from the corporate world to his own business before he even knew how to monetize his photography, his secret to mastery and creating the life that he wants to live, and how to survive a 15-foot set wave at Pipeline in less than 3 metres of water with $20,000 of camera equipment strapped to one arm. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this for such a long time. Yeah, good. Yeah, I've been wanting to interview you since you had the store on um, Brighton no. Boulevard. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I remember seeing you that day out the front. Um, I'd be like, "You what? You've, you've created your dream life? <laughs> uh. How? Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really grateful we could do this today. Uh, UG Tan, how are you doing, man?
2: Yeah, good, thanks, Osha. Tell us where we are. We're in the Aquabumps Gallery, we're at the back where I spend most of my time and it's a, you know, kind of good day. It's coming good and we've got a few waves, so I might go for a surf later on today.
1: We are in, and I've been to it, before this became your gallery, this was, uh, it was like some weird art, I went to a weird art party in this space.
2: A lot of people did, a lot of parties. Uh, It was a kind of gallery, but it was a mechanic's yard essentially, come gallery and But it was a bit of a party venue. It was graffitied, it was greasy. Yeah. Completely opposite to what you see today, which is all wash boards, white walls, yeah. and uh, lots and of bright
1: photos. squillions of dollars worth of, of prints uh, <laughs> stacked to the ceilings in every direction. Yeah.
2: I can remember when I first started Aquabumps, I used to go to the lab and pick up one print a week and I had to sell one print, you know, like a metre wide print a week to keep afloat. And... You know, we did that, and now today, look, you're surrounded by about 500. Ama-
1: amazing, amazing. Well, you, uh, you touch so many people's lives all around the world. You're a person I'm quite fascinated in because you've created a life for yourself out of something you love to do, which is very rare, which Thanks. I'm really, really fascinated in. Um, I know you've told this story a gajillion times, but what was life like before Aquabumps?
2: Before Aquabumps, I worked for someone else, I probably wasn't as utilised as I probably could. I had a lot more skills, I felt, that I didn't use in my working day. And it was a bit more mundane. Aquabumps.
1: What were you doing? Uh, what okay, was your so, job?
2: Uh, I was a graphic designer. Now, so for,
1: for people that... A digital graphic designer, basically. And what does that mean? You were doing layouts on mobile phone ads and that um, kind of You thing? know,
2: while I was making websites back in the mid-90s, so this is, you know... This HTML1.
1: Is, yeah,
2: and that's like, you know, the Gold Rush days... Uh, I did, worked on the Holden.com. I worked on big law, law firms. I worked on their websites. Uh, this is before
1: the first .com bust. Correct. Right. We were boomers.
2: You yeah. know, we grew from 10 people to 200 people in a matter of, you know, a couple of years.
1: Wow. Uh, this is in Perth? Perth?
2: Yeah. I worked for a couple of years there. Then we, we opened an office here. You had to have an office here pretty quickly. I set up the office here with another guy. Then they were in about four different locations. I got pretty bored of that. We had a big team. I had about fifty designers, and you know, there's a lot of people involved underneath and, you. Yeah. And how old was, were you?
1: Yeah, I was young. 23. 23 Twenty three.
2: Twenty three. Twenty.
1: Yeah, with fifty people working under you.
2: There was sixteen in my direct team. Then we'd go to Melbourne. We have about thirty. Yeah, there's a lot. Wow. But I was pretty ambitious. I worked a lot. I you know played hard work hard you know that old cliche kicked in i used to work about 90 to 100 hours a week you know weekends whatever it took and yeah it was uh, it just didn't fulfill me as much as i would have liked i loved design though and the client work but what happened was I, as i got I, I went up the kind of food chain a bit the less creative work i was doing and more like kind on of a more management more, management, more, more putting HR, out fires Sitting in offices, talking about people's problems, how they're not happy doing this kind of work. I literally, and then the brief came, for a whole year, all I did was recruit. We had to grow so hard that I had to recruit every day. So job interviews is torture for me. Um, so I kind of lost my inspiration for the, you know, and I needed a creative outlet, and that's where Aquabumps came in.
1: Because you were, but let me take this back a bit, you were, you've been taking photos since you were a grommet, since you were a kid.
2: Nine years old.
1: Yeah, right. Had a I was like seven when I was taking photos, but that was just like with a shitty little Kodak. Insta- Insta- but it was a
2: dorky thing to do back then. I remember everyone teasing me about my photos. Uh, I used to, in the playground, no, in the schoolyard when I was about year nine, I used to have a black and white little Pentax Asahi, run around with a 50 mil. I used to take photos of the fruit fights, portraits. But no one was interested in photography, no one.
1: That's the classic camera though. That's like the, the, that's Pentax like the Star, MX-5. Yeah, if you
2: know it, that's, that, that, that is, it is. That it.
1: and the K1000, yep. those two. Are, and it. like and the Canon version would be the AE or the AE-1. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just 50mm lens on that.
2: No zoom. If I want to zoom, I go closer. Exactly. If I want wide angle, I walk backwards. Yeah. Um, it just had a beautiful kind of lens to it. And I used to process in my laundry at home. We did have one at school. There was one under the, or I'll never forget it. There was a staircase and they used to have the dark room underneath and no one would go there. So, to put, perfectly honest, I used to wag school all day and just spend half my time in there and no one would find me.
1: And that was my little sanctuary. You, were you using like the school's printing paper and supplies oh, and yeah. stuff?
2: No one touched it. <laughs> piles of it piles of paper piles of everything lying around i would just go
1: for it you're like in that malcolm glabble book outliers you're like steve jobs and, yeah. bill, and well, bill gates breaking into the stanford lab so they can program
2: but you know you got to be that passionate about it and i had a real fire that i was going to do something with this early on i got distracted with graphic design and because yeah. this is when computers just took over graphic design and i was like oh wow that's
1: how cool's that
2: and that's when I got no distracted.
1: More, no more, was it exacto knives and... Bromide
2: cameras and uh, yeah. artwork and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, I got distracted with that for about 10 years, but then I always came back to photography.
1: But let me talk back about dark rooms for a sec. Like, do you remember the first time that you, you, you saw, like, a, a really amazing 8x10 just materialising yeah. the dish?
2: I mean, the, yeah, exposing the first tray and saying, oh, you know, I got the exposure right, oh, it looks sharp. And just, it was magic, you know, creating pictures from basically nothing to, you know, this thing in the tray and uh, then hanging on the line next to your, your mum's washing and she'd get upset about all the fixer
1: everywhere. <laughs> My ex-wife used to go, what, why does the house smell like this? Yeah, it's toxic stuff. I don't think it's good. But there's fun. something about, I know like when I'm, you know, i shoot with a 32 gig card now. It's go, cha-cha-cha-cha if I want. But there's just something about the the, the, the tension and release, the, the I've shot it, I just have to wait now, I have to wait and Anticipation. I get in there, I have to load it and I have to wait and then I have to get it in the enlarger and I have to wait yeah. and then I have to put it in the tray and then over a few seconds, there's something about that reveal.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. It's like Christmas, you know, going to the shop. I used to um, print on myself, but I used to get the, I found it quite hard to print in an old garage because of the dust and stuff on my film, so I used to get all my necks done out. But... It was like Christmas, getting the necks back, looking on the light box. You know, it's just that excitement of, God, you know, and sometimes you forget what you shot and there's like, oh, I nailed it.
1: Um, you still have all those prints of the fruit fights and stuff?
2: Yeah, they're actually in the roof here. Yeah, there's books and books of them.
1: Were you the kind of guy that would, uh, would you take photos of your girlfriends at the times and print it out for them? Yeah, there are
2: nudes in there. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone goes through that phase. Right? Like, we had, then we went to uni, you know, graphic design school. We had a, a, like a full
1: photographic studio. Oh, and what was that like, having just access go to that for? Gear? It. Yeah, I just went for it. Were you developing colour at that point? Like...
2: No, I never really developed colour. I don't know why. I just loved black and white for so long. It's just... Yeah.
1: It's great. Two tanks, boom. One tank.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, then digital came out in the 90s. I mean, that just... So, I, I just got distracted got bored at work and then digital came out and it was all this kind of things colliding, you know, um, websites, the internet, boom, email newsletters. I mean, what was that? You, you know, you used to subscribe, to, you get five emails a day, you used to read five emails a day, now everyone gets way too many. But so emails were popular, digital photography came out and then, you know, it's just kind of rekindled my passion for, 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 for photography. What right? was
1: the camera that brought you back?
2: It was a Kodak DC. Oh, I can't even remember the model number. It cost about forty grand, and the firm. 40? Yeah, the firm bought it.
1: Oh, thank. God. I was going to say. So I
2: didn't buy it. So I had this thing sitting in the cupboard next to me. So this, I was a crab director. I had this thing in there, and I go, "I'm going to take that home tonight." And I'd run across the road. I'd always lived across the road from the beach in Sydney. Run across the road. I'd see the sunrise. I okay, go, geez, that was beautiful." Take a photo. Then get to work, eight thirty, send it to people, and this that immediacy for people was like, "You shot that this morning, you know it wasn't a month ago. This is Sydney this, this is, is Sydney in the
1: city I live in.
2: This is amazing, you know what I mean yeah. so that's that's how the basis of abus, yeah. showing people the beach that that day. And, you know, I know Instagram's kind of just taken over now and everything's instant, instant, now, now, now. But in the 90s, this was cutting edge. No social media, no blogs. Yeah. When I started Aquabumps, there was no such thing as a blog There or, was no
1: blogger. The actual... There was no platform that was... WordPress hasn't even been thought of.
2: No. Oh, long... WordPress yeah, yeah. is long, long Seven after. years before Facebook. And Google was about the same time. I remember playing with Google and work, trying to work out what the hell that thing was. And I remember thinking, that looks dorky. That's not going to take off. But I still have somewhere up there the original drawing of the Aquabumps homepage with the date, a photograph, you know, and this concept of shooting daily, forcing yourself to shoot daily and people will come to a website daily. So I was creating all these corporate websites, Holden, you know, they're all just product, product, brochures. And I remember building them going, who's going to look at this? You look at it once and you'll never come back here and they're spending millions of bucks on these websites. I'm going to create a site that has something fresh every day and I shoot it down the beach because people love the beach and I love the beach. And let's just see what happens. It, it wasn't intentional for it to be a business at all.
1: It wasn't, it, it, even five years in, it. I didn't even really see the business in it. But you, was there a point where um, or was there a point where the amount of work that went into keeping Aqua Bumps afloat and the amount of work that you were doing to keep yourself oh, yeah. food and it was like, well, something's gonna, I'm going to have to stop one or the other?
2: Well, so what happened was the... I I can actually remember the day going, I'm getting, I'm spending more time on Aquabumps, answering Aquabumps emails, inquiries about people buying my photographs, getting a lot of traction and I was putting all my attention to that and not my day job and I, they were paying me handsomely and I remember thinking, you know, this is a bit unfair to my employer and I should really give it a go but I still hadn't worked out how to monetise it. So, I left that job not knowing how to monetize it, really. Wow. And it was just, uh, you know what? I've been doing this for nine years and there's something in this bumps thing. It's going to evolve into something, but I'll just quit my job and work it out.
1: Were you a single man at the time? Yeah. All right. right. You can do that when you're single.
2: Yeah, take a big risk. I didn't have any expenses. My rent was like 150 bucks a week. I had to cover that. You know, the rest is history, really.
1: But... You're a man, as you said, you worked, when it was something that you loved, you're working 90 hundred hours a week. Yeah.
2: And when I'm into it, I am like a pretty fierce, uh, you know, I'll lock on and I've got to get the job done. Yeah. And I'll do it to the best I can do it. That's got, you know, that's good in some ways for getting stuff done. But you know, when you share your life with people, sometimes being one focused or so one dimensional, yeah. you know, isn't that great?
1: And so here you are. You're suddenly like, I'm going out on my own. I'm, the only money I'm going to make is the money I make from selling these photos or, or selling space on my website. How were those first few months, and how long did that take until you went? The, until the, you breezed out.
2: So the first year we made thirty grand. Well, I made thirty grand. That was my taxable income. Now in Sydney, that is really in the short. Eastern right? beaches. Living, man. <laughs> I lived on the beach at Tamarama. You, you know, it was it was pretty skin. That's, that's
1: I, like a yearly bill at Harris Farm, man. That's yeah. Like, it's, um, that's, my, that's my yearly coffee budget.
2: It was, well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was tough. So I hadn't really worked out the advertising. People were asking me to buy advertising. We didn't have any structure around it. I didn't really have any experience in it. Selling prints, I didn't have any experience in retail, but I knew that I'd work it out somehow. First year, yeah, 30 grand. Then I was like, I've got to kind of step it up a bit. And I was doing all kinds of odd jobs to even get through. Then someone said to me, hey, I've got this retail space. North Bondi, Brighton Boulevard. I'll give it to you for 400 bucks. It's 200, sorry, not 200, 20 square meters. Tiny. It's yeah. a shoebox on a street with no no people.
1: Except for the people at Brown Sugar next door. and those Yeah, same, people walking, same walk, 50
2: people every day.
1: Yeah, walking back and forth to the yard. So after place. the
2: first week you've sold to them, it's like, oh, what now? Yeah. Um, opened up shop there. I... Yeah, I'll be completely open. I, I can remember about a week before I opened, I was looking in the bank account, going, I've got two thousand bucks. You know, I can pay a month rent. Uh, after that, I'm gonna be pretty broke, right? So I'm going. It looks like I'm not going to get go broke before I even open. And I at that point I said, well, the party's this weekend. We got to open this weekend. And thankfully, uh, the first day we opened, the first Saturday, and this is a good day. We did sixteen grand. Right, so can you imagine my, my income before, before that was thirty grand for the whole year? I had this tiny shop, open it, forced to open because I was going broke again. And you know, we did sixteen grand the first day, so I had a party that night as well. I got everyone I rang, everyone and said, "New gallery, let's let's have a few drinks." And from then on, I've pretty much worked seven days a week, and that was uh, nine and a half years ago.
1: And you just built and built, built and built and built, built. from
2: there. Yeah, that. just keep. I I don't borrow money. I you know. I like to do, grow things my way and, you know, I like to have control on things. So it was a slow burn. I probably could have opened more galleries really fast, but I just liked how it was going and it was very personable. People, I was the only one in the shop and people would come see me.
1: And at what point did you see the – what, what role did the email, the weekly email, daily email having this? I think I signed up not long after you started. I think it was right – I remember the logo changing on the email to the one it is now. So that was that long ago I remember
2: 2004
1: So I was definitely on there 2000, 9 years So I remember being 2000 That's when you started the email? No no,
2: 99
1: Okay so I've been on the email since 2000 Like 2001 or 2 Maybe 2000 even It
2: wasn't branded for quite a long time
1: 2002 Does that sound right?
2: Yeah
1: Yeah Around there I remember you started emailing me and Yeah man cause I was, I was, I was travelling a bit overseas I'm like you've got it This is where I live This is Bondi <laughs> this, is, this is it yeah, and good. people say, "Where's my? Where's your, where do you live in Bondi?" I would just have to open up the email, and you take on a photo of someone going, uh, someone going South right to the South Point. I'm like, yeah. "That house, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my place."
2: I remember, I remember going to your place.
1: <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was, uh, it was awesome. And so when you when you're you know building that email up, and when you when you're looking about respecting what people want from that email, and then working at trying to work in you know, it's got to get paid for. How did you go about kind of monetizing that and and respecting what people were getting from the email without making it too intense? Because some emails are just like, buy, buy, sell, sell, flashy gif, flashy gif, and it's just way too much.
2: So there's very little sell in Aquabumps. Uh, The non-commercial feel of Aquabumps is really important to me. So we've never joined a network. No one's ever sold our advertising. It's all done internal. So we have total control over it. We align with brands that, we like you know I think the readers will like so it's not it doesn't feel like we're forcing anything on anyone basically I you know I'm really sensitive to you know keeping it that way and I think people come to Aquapumps because it's an escape and you don't want to be sold to so You know, and and I'm building a brand that is got that kind of feel of escapism to it, so they gravitate towards it. If you if you put the sell hard on it, it will just die. But it's just not what I want to do anyway. Even if I had to make money, or I'm going broke again, it's not like I'll just double the ads and aqua bumps. I mean, that would just kill me. That I feel like I'd rather close it before that happens.
1: When you were you talk about the word escape when you're putting the original email together, was that like I just want to give people five minutes away from
2: yeah. The whole concept of aquabumps is escapism, giving people a piece of the beach, what it looks like now, so they can have a little daydream at their office desk and think, you know, geez, I wouldn't mind being there. And then they go, oh, back to work. And then, they-
1: <laughs> right? Because sometimes it's not Bondi.
2: No, it's all over the world. I've been to some amazing places. So before you, uh, this year, this is probably the least. Amount of travel I've done in a long time because we've just had a second son. Previous to this, we would—I would be on the road non-stop. Chopu, swell, okay, we go. You know, I go. <laughs> Next week, I'd be at Chopu shooting the Billabong Pro. I've been Fiji, basically anywhere where there is waves and blue water, I'll go. Um, big cities, I've been as well, but you know, I just don't spend that much time there. I don't go inland very often.
1: And why would you? You know, (laughs) yeah, I I love the ocean. If it's it's not for you. Uh, There was a time though, I remember when you were, um, I don't know if this is true, I vaguely recall that you were saying, look, if you're going on a boat charter, you can pay me, I'll come along and take photos. Basically, I didn't have enough money to pay for trips, so
2: I had to get people to pay for trips. So, I'd say, hey, I'll come along and take photos. That, you know, I did that for a few years. Awesome. Yeah, that was great. I still get a lot of opportunities to do that. I just don't have the time, Um, uh, you know. And my travel now is more focused on shooting my fine art stuff rather than shooting guests at a resort and trying to wiggle in my own stuff in between.
1: Uh huh. What's it like? I've never been on one of those charters. What's what's it like being on on a boat with like sixteen blokes and four hundred cases of (laughs) bintang? It's it's fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's the ultimate. Next year, I've booked Indies Trader Four, which is probably the best boat in the fleet, and uh, got twelve of my good mates got a helipad on top, got a remote control helicopter, you know, what else do I need? I've got staff, waiters, chef, <laughs> surf guides, so basically it's a very focused trip, I do two things, I shoot and I surf, it's the ultimate really, I've been doing that, I've been on that trip 16 times, Right to Mentowies alone, let alone the other places. And it's amazing? It's the best surf in the world in the mentality's. Right. and for me, you know, I'm not um, a pipeline charger, I'm not that, I'm not good enough. I think Mentales is my level of surfing. You can get barreled quite easily and the water's warm and you're on a boat and the beer's cold and every, you know. It's, it's so good.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to get my surfing up to a yeah, point where I think. can do that, I think. Oh, yeah, I you'll be able to. I don't to do think it. I can surf that just, just yet. When it comes to the aqua bumps, uh, I guess what's the word I'm going to look for? Uh, style. You have such a high standard of like you can, your style is so so clear. You can go. That's a that's a huge photo. Like I'm saying at this hotel up the street here, and people ask me, "Was oh, that you?" I'm like, yeah. I say, "No, it's not you. Yeah. I can tell it's not you. Yeah. It's someone trying to be you." <laughs> so you look around the eastern suburbs of Sydney. There's a few places where people are trying to be you, yeah. but they're not you, and that's okay because there's more than one lens. There's more than one beach, but there's something really distinctive about your about your style. How do you how do you maintain that? How do you how do you maintain like this is Because it's just you every time. You can tell just by looking at it.
2: How do I maintain that? Well, I'm fussy, you know. Like, I labour over these shots. It looks effortless, I imagine, sitting at your desk reading an email for two minutes. But, you know, some days they take me two hours. Today I laboured over them quite a bit to get the shots. It was a hard day, light was flat. So making something interesting out of the mundane, it's a real challenge every day. But I really invest in different... You know, in new technology, in new angles, uh, you know, helicopters was a new thing in 2008. I think I went up and thought, I've shot this beach so many times. I need a new angle. My wife actually bought me a voucher for a heli. I went up. We got some of the best shots I've ever taken. So it's always coming up with a new idea, new angle. That's how I kind of keep the edge, I guess. I try not to follow anyone, you know, like... It's the old Macintosh windows, you know. You follow, you never really... You'll do okay, you know. You want to be first to market with new ideas and you want to be proud. I can honestly say Aquabumps is a, a totally unique, original idea. There was nothing like it in the world. I didn't, you know... I didn't go, oh, this is great. In California, this guy's doing a daily blog and let's just rip that off and adjust it I've a totally
1: tried to rip you off <laughs> <laughs> on my one. But that's a compliment, you but know I don't, what I mean? I don't, I don't do one every day. I go down. Yeah. you I'll travel sh- too much. Me, I sh- I'll go down and I'll shoot like four or five days in a row and I'll just put it on Tumblr and just spit out, spit out one a day. I've, you know, I'm lazy like that. I spent ages doing posts on them, but then that's it.
2: But I, I shoot very simple, you know what I mean? for me... Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to say. It's just what I see, you know. Yeah. what I mean, I might look at things a bit differently. Everything's got their own uni- unique point of view, and yeah, I, I really push. You know, every day I push myself to get something new. And well, you
1: can tell that. You can tell that when you look at it. You can see there's something just a little more, a little more arty. To, a little, it's, it leans towards art rather than you know documentary or reportage. Yeah. Every day in in your photos, quite you know. That's what you see. I
2: try not to stand in the same place that I did have ever done before. Can you imagine in Bondo how many places I've stood? I've stood on every rock nearly, I reckon. But I try and go, oh, I've never been to that tree. I reckon Bondo looked different from up there. Yeah. And that's, you know, keep pushing yourself. Mundane, create something interesting out of simple ideas, you know what yeah. I mean? I know. I've, I've got a graphic design degree. Now, as much as I hate a university and formal education, I'm a self-taught photographer, right? Um, you know, there is some interesting, you know, composition-wise. I learned a lot of composition of, you know, years and years of working on layouts. And I think that pays off as well.
1: Yeah, you can tell. You can definitely tell there's something about your photos, the balance, the framing and the composition. is very balanced and it's, it's quite different. like from the stuff that's in the hallways of the hotel I'm staying in. <laughs> it's very different. This is what I did want to ask you. So how old were you when you built your darker room in your house? Oh,
2: I would have been nine, I got the Pentax Asahi. I reckon about 11, I started fiddling around with a cheap and larger in the garage. Yeah, from 11 onwards, I was fiddling around the darkroom.
1: So you're 11 years old and you're blowing up pictures and you're like, wow, yeah. this is amazing. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I took a meeting at Sydney's Facebook office.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, you had a look at that print, yeah.
1: <laughs> that thing is as big as a yeah. tennis court. That's
2: the biggest print I've ever done. Just the printing alone on that, I could have, you know, it was $25,000 worth of printing just for one print. So that thing's 12 meters by 12 meters. It's something that's that's the biggest thing I've ever done print-wise. I love it. doesn't look good.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. It is yeah, I amazing. It. I couldn't even fit it in. My iPhone camera lens isn't no, wide enough. I've tried to, to shoot,
2: it. shoot it as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, so it's a, it's, it goes over two levels in the Facebook office. Two, it's
2: is, even more than two levels. Yeah. It's over three. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the Sydney Facebook office, they've basically gutted... Yeah. Uh, three office levels So there's a giant atrium In their Yeah Huge their void above it's them Beautiful it's, You know It's a gajillion dollar company So yeah. they can do that kind of stuff With inner city real estate But one whole wall Is this incredible photo Of It looks like Summer Sunset
2: That's Bondi Australia Day South Bondi right. Just a million people On the water Yeah We've done the Google offices as well The hey. Mushroom you know, Commonwealth Banks We've done all their offices Around Australia there's been some interesting gigs. What's it like out.
1: when those gigs come your way? Do they search for photos or do they commission something?
2: Existing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I find it very tough to take a brief and go and shoot. It's just time. Yeah. You know, they wanted me to go shoot Airs Rock and stuff like this. I didn't have time. Commonwealth Bank.
1: Right. I've got a lot of stuff. You've got a lot of stuff. So
2: there's 20 terabytes in that room over there. And, you know, there's, there's a lot.
1: Right. And you just, you obviously got a greatest hits. And you say, well, have oh, a look at Jeff. these. The have grad- a look at this thousand.
2: Well, the, the greatest hits are hanging on the wall, but I won't sell these gallery prints in a commercial application. Right. So it's a different kind of set, a, a, a B
1: set. Okay. B side. Right. The gallery stuff is, is amazing. I've seen that swimmer. Lone swimmer, yeah. I've seen Lone swimmer on the wall in New York. Yeah, in Hollywood. And, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it everywhere.
2: I, yeah, that doesn't make me... I don't like... I like to keep them tight, so keep evolving yeah people keep buying that one though mate I like it's it. a
1: great photo
2: I know I like. it's great that I can share it with a lot of people but I want the next one you know what I mean but but why um I always think back to the guy well there's a shop in uh, north coast and a guy sitting there in his shop doing really well selling photos of a moon and a lighthouse, and he sells a million of them a day. I and that, know the guy. And I've always go in there and going, mate, get out there and shoot. You know what I mean? So I don't want to be that stale guy. I want to be on the move.
1: It's a pretty good shot, though.
2: Yeah, I know, but he's got to get on it. You know, get more. Yeah, okay. It keep pushing himself.
1: I get it. That, that's, that's Otherwise, it's too common. I, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So... Oh, okay, let me ask you this. Where's the, where's the most interesting place people are going to find your, your photos on the wall or some kind of, in a, in a commercial setting?
2: Uh, oh, I've done a lot of residential and in interesting, beautiful houses. Uh, oh, there is New York cafes. Really? Yeah. Toby's Estate. They've got my stuff on the wall. You know, Toby's Estate's yeah. opened up in New York. We did, at the Olympics in Beijing, we did a massive print of a Claire, a girl, paddling. It was a split shot above and below. And they put that thing... Oh, God knows how big it was. It was enormous at the Olympics.
1: Must feel pretty good to have a...
2: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a shot of it. How about that? Yeah. The only, the only. Oh, here's one. Sunglass Hut. They've opened a new store on George Street and they've done a Hawaiian pipeline wave. They've put it on the wall from the floor to the wall. And the roof, so you feel like you're inside a wave. I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: That's one of your shots. That's fantastic. That was last month. Nice one. Oh, that's, 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 that's pretty great. The thing that is also very interesting about your photography, this is more of a nerdy photo question, is you always, you always seem to capture that moment. You always seem to get that moment. Not the moment before, not the moment after.
2: 10 frames a second?
1: <laughs> <laughs> really?
2: Oh... Uh, if I know something really cool is going to happen, yeah. I don't mind letting loose on a few frames. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, with 32 gig cards, you can. Yeah. yeah. Everyone reckons that's a bit of a cop out, but you know what? You still got to be there.
1: You still got to be yeah, there. And
2: wait, you know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. I've got a picture of a bird attacking, like a cock in a cooker.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
2: Bar are kind of attacking each other or having an argument. People always go, "How many frames? You know, like how did you get that?" And it's, yeah, you know, they were arguing, and I just shot you know six frames, and one of them was a corker.
1: It's fantastic. What's the um with the community that that has been built around the uh, the email, the daily email? Bye. Do you want me to get the door? Are you sure?
2: Have a lovely day. The CEO of Bumps is leaving the house. Spike. <laughs> Age six weeks.
1: Six weeks old. Bye, guys. We're going to talk about that later. So I'm really interested in that stuff. <laughs> With the, what's the most interesting, well, I guess what's the most impactful interaction you've had with the Aquabumps community? Because there's quite a community that's built up around you. You've got uh, something like 40-something thousand or more. 50. 50,000 on the email yeah, and the Facebook is huge.
2: ninety four 5,000. Yeah, 000. so that's
1: quite a, it's quite a community that you're interacting with. Yeah. What's the most interesting or most impactful interaction oh, you've okay. had? So there's a few.
2: There's an oil rig worker off South Africa who subscribes. Now, I'm his connection to the world. He's a, uh, His name's Mike, I think. He... Uh, Emails me quite often saying, hey, man, you know, like, you're keeping me sane. I'm on an all rig. You're there shooting beautiful sunrises, surf, and he keeps on asking for swimmer cam. <laughs>
1: yeah. Swimmer cam is when well, Huge yeah. takes a photo of a pretty lady going for a swim in the morning.
2: Yeah. taste very tastefully done. Very though. tastefully, yeah. yeah. Uh, usually
1: anonymous. Usually <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it.
2: And I'll never tap them on their shoulder before because then they'll just lock up. Yeah. It's got to be spontaneous. Now, that, that, I think that's a great interaction. There's a lady called Mary who lives in Oregon. She is a great-grandmother. Uh, she hasn't told me her age. It'd be a fair age. Her great-grandchildren live in Bondi. She, and she says that my photos connect her with her great-grandchildren every day. And I thought that was a, that's a very nice story. There's a couple of people that um, what, say a guy goes to New York, meets girl, American girl, but comes back. He uses Aquabumps to woo her to come to Australia saying, hey, look how nice this place is. They came into the gallery last year and said, hey, we got married and we're blaming you. We, we're not blaming you. We're uh, attributing that to Aquabumps.
1: I, I used to send your email to my ex-wife. Yeah. I was like, hey, look what today was yeah. like. It's amazing. But we're
2: going to go home, Yeah, know? It's, it's <laughs> to woo people back to Australia. And that's why probably one of the reasons why I work with, a lot with Tourism Australia now and Destination New South Wales. But... It's this connection, you know, connecting people. It's a great feeling. And the business is positive, you know. I feel positive. I feel like this is a good thing to do in life, you know. I feel good about it.
1: You, are, have, a, you have a great relationship with Canon. You're, you're a Canon shooter. I always explain to people, it's like Boeing or Airbus, man. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get yeah. to Brisbane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Canon's been great. I got to admit, when I got off the Pentax SA when I was nine, uh, and, you know, I was on those semi-automatic, uh, semi-autofocus... They called it autofocus then, but it was pretty primitive. It was Canon from there on. And it was a bit of a no-brainer to partner with them. I used their gear anyway, but now I'm a Canon master, as in they announced this week. There's 12 of us, and they've kind of picked 12 people in each different field. And, uh, yeah, you can see that on their site, actually. They made a film on us, which was pretty good. They followed me around for three days.
1: Wow. What does it mean to be a Canon master?
2: Canon master,
1: you know, we... Is it's it like some secret smoky room with a dojo <laughs> and like you and...
2: Uh, oh, you know, it means my baby wears Canon branding, uh, you know, our pram's got Canon all over the... Can- no. You it get access that to the, 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 get elusive, great-
1: the 50mm 1.0 that hasn't been seen in the wild <laughs> since 2002?
2: We get great at support, it, uh, you know, exceptional service. So, they help us, you know, get better. And I've got, you know, I've got... Their knowledge is amazing. They... They just use us to put a creative slant on it. I think that, what else do we do? You know, we talk at a few different events. and Do you yeah. do much
1: teaching? Do you have any seminars and things?
2: Teaching's not my thing. And I get asked every day, I think when I'm older and I'm slowing down, okay, if I can't swim out at pipe, I'll teach, you know what I mean? They're cool. But I've got a lot of swimming to do and I am still learning, you know. And I, and I think is saying, you're the master at, you know, you know everything, blah, blah, blah. That's not me. You know, I'm still learning. Every day I go out, I learn. So, I feel like uh, that's not a priority
1: for me at the moment, but it might be later on. Talk about swimming out. There's, with, I kind of I guess, point-and-shoot photography, the barrier to entry is basically evaporated with everyone having a, a, just a camera with a lens that's probably better than that Sony 40 grand thing yeah. that you had in their pocket, all right? Um, point-and-shoot's gone. Uh, little G12's got a, you know, 300-millimeter zoom on it yeah. it's, it's pretty solid yeah. for, for a little thing in your pocket but when it comes to water housings and yeah. you know big long glass 400, 600mm lens oh, nothing beats yeah but glass. there's still quite a barrier to entry yeah. around that yeah. unless you're just going to be Kelly with a GoPro and get that photo which Kelly got which is... <laughs>
2: but you can't do anything with it that's the only gripe with that you know what I mean GoPro the GoPro I call it the GoPro revolution it's taken over everywhere I go there's GoPros everywhere on everyone's head board mm-hmm. kids in the water at pipe there's GoPros everywhere but I've never seen a really good print you know what I mean these, these big two metre wide prints that you're seeing in my gallery you can't get that off a of GoPro and i gosh I hope, I hope they don't kill me for
1: saying that no, but, but, you know, <laughs> but that's but that's what the they're designed for they're designed yeah, for they're, making great web videos and true you know, and crash cams on reality great TV. on
2: uh, low res on, on social media but if you want real craft you've still got to use the big stuff
1: do you think that uh, that you know I'm, i know this competition particularly in pipe you read it about a fair bit there's this competition is like seven guys out in the water with a the housing there's a lot of people on the on the beach as well with a long lens um is there like a little respect at least though between those photographers like well you've got 50 grand's worth of stuff in your bag you you made it here
2: on the beach it's a free-for-all at pipe let's say pipe right because i go i spend a month there a year. I've Literally get a house on pipe, and I know that beats well.
1: This is pipeline of the North Shore of Hawaii around a certain time of year. It's basically it's like the yeah. big day out for surfing. It's like it's every mecha. The mega stars of the planet Slater lives there. there.
2: He's two doors up, John it's, John.
1: Everyone's there. Everyone's there. Every bikini model on the planet goes there. <laughs> every bikini catalog in the world gets shot, <laughs> shot there. there yeah. It is re- insane time to be there. I I nearly died there one year. I love
2: it. <laughs> I, we just love it. We could spend the rest of our life there. Um, on the beach, it, it is competitive, but to be perfectly honest, I will not stand with a group of photographers on the beach. I'm like, well, this is useless. I need a new angle. So you'll notice my pipeline shots are from way up the beach or I'm just looking. where There's a hill that you have to hike up behind it, go get up there, get something different or put something in front of it. So you'll find me in the car park a lot at pipe. I shoot the car park out.
1: You love a bit of foreground, don't you?
2: Oh, well, because it puts scale and... The big lenses just do great things. That's my love, you know, I I, I froth on that stuff. The big lens in between, you know, the other day I shot, this year I shot current through some kind of trees and people walking and I just got this right time. But in the water, there's definitely a pecking order. I'm very low profile in pipe because I I, I haven't grown up there. They think I'm Hawaiian because I look kind of Hawaiian. But they don't know who I am and I like to lay low, you know, so... There's guys that just bash the fisheye over there, which I just think are nuts. Pipes are a very dangerous wave. Photographers drown there. But there is a pecking order. I kind of hang back with a long lens and just trying to get things in the foreground. I actually don't mind the photographers in the foreground of my shots. They create a lot of depth. You'll see some pictures in my book, my new book. They've got a whole lot of line of 10 guys. And... You know, that creates an interesting shot But you know what, this year I swam out there one day I reckon it was 15 foot And me and Zach Noel, the only two Zach Noel and I are the only two guys that can make it out without drowning So um, I got out there and I remember saying to him Man, where is everyone? It's pumping And he goes, no one can get past the shore Because it's pretty hairy The amount of water moving there And um, you know, I try and keep fit So that I can get out on those days without everyone there
1: so you're shooting, when you say bash the fisheye, you're meaning guys, they just put that 15mm that right on them. Real wide. They get like half, they get a metre from the surfer. They get right in there. Oh, well, even less. Why? Two to three feet.
2: Whoa. I mean, if you're under an 8 to 10 foot lip at pipe, like Scott Icona does, I can't believe he must be so fit. You know, right under the lip, I mean, you're copping a pounding, like you wouldn't believe. It's pretty, you know, a <laughs> under you there. You can do dangerous things. And you know what? It's these little cracks in it that get in the way. You end up putting your legs stuck in it. Oh, God. But I found that you hide in them. I hide in those cracks when a big set comes I'm in the wrong spot. You swim down and... Well, it's not that, you know, it's three metres deep, big crack. They're actually a great place, sanctuary, to get out of a big set when it comes west because sometimes they just catch you by surprise.
1: Right. And so you just hold your breath and go down there. Go down
2: a... and I lock against the sides of the cave.
1: And just wait for the wave to go with the top? Yeah.
2: If you're on top, you'll be all all, all over the place. Wow. The pipe drags you deeper as well. It's kind of tricky.
1: I'll never forget the first time I saw that wave break. I'll never forget the, f- feeling, the feeling of the ground underneath me shaking as the wave broke. Like It's only like 50 meters off the shore. It's really yeah. close. But the sand shook yeah. when it broke. Oh, the sound it makes. <sighs> Sometimes in our little house,
2: we stay out there. I can't sleep because all I hear is roar all night. It feels like it's going to come through the house.
1: Wow. That is...
2: But oh. that it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just swim out any time of day. If it's on, Jamie O'Brien, John John. Slater will come out for two to get the two best ways of the day. As he does. Uh, you know, everyone, Gadaska, everyone. They just paddle out and ready for me but to But when shoot.
1: you're shooting, you're shooting just for you. You're not shooting for anybody else. From a blog, yeah. Yeah, right.
2: I don't sell them to mags or anything. I don't want to. Yeah, I've got more readers and... Any surf mag in Australia anyway. Yeah, ah, m- much more. Multiples. You think about it. What would surfing life have?
1: I, do, I wouldn't know. I Ten, really wouldn't 10,
2: know. 10,000? It, it's so much easier to get show your photos than surf mags. Everyone thinks surf mags where it's at. You only get paid 200 bucks for a spread in ASL.
1: 200 bucks to swim out a death to Yeah, 20 grand
2: worth of gear. Spend four hours out there. Get dehydrated. I go black like... Nothing else in the sun, and uh, then you roll the dice and try to get past the shorebreak rip, and you know it's not really worth it. But I mean, I, yeah, you know, I do this for aqua bumps because I, I had no
1: idea it was so. Like, I had no idea it was two hundred bucks.
2: Yeah, okay, that's what I, my last spread got. Two hundred bucks. I'd sorry, I have submitted that. You know, if they were doing a story on Otis Carey, I gave them work. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And there you are two hundred bucks for a double page spread. And I'm like, is that the work experience kid rates?
1: Or... <laughs> so do you think the future for do you think yeah. the future for photography is in the kind of business model you're doing rather than oh I can I can see everyone's come this way yeah
2: so the funny thing was 10 years ago I, you know I, I copped a bit oh you're the guy that puts photos on a website I'm Like, why would you want to do that you know sell them to a mag because the mags were prestigious now everyone's all online But, you know, lucky I've got a five-year head start on everyone, you know what I mean? Develop a database. It's putting them online, one thing. Getting people, another thing. Totally different. Hard. Hard to get people to gravitate towards you now.
1: But your email is so, in itself, the marketing is built in. It's so shareable.
2: But. I mean, we built the foundation. So, remember in 99, you would give your email address to anyone. You're itching. You had her in your pocket going, yeah, 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 send me newsletters, even if you didn't surf or interested in the beach. Now, you're like, well, what are you going to use it for? You know, are you are going to spam me? We didn't yeah. have spam in the 90s. Yeah. So, it's easy to grow your list. So, I was at a great time. I was just shoveling all these people into my Aquabumps pool. It's a lot harder to get traction now. I mean, I've got to say, with Facebook, social feeds, is, it's kind of – I see Instagram right now is that
1: 90s of web email. Hmm.
2: Just shovel them in. You, yeah. can, you can wake up and have a thousand more people overnight.
1: Wow. And if one of those people buys one of your pictures on the wall here? but I don't care if they don't. It's fine. As long as they like
2: the brand and talk about someone who, you know, who's someone, it's just a viral thing.
1: You've already put one book out, which uh, sits very proudly on my coffee table, uh, A Day at Bondi. Good boy oh of course it sits right there in Los Angeles when people ask what's Australia like I'm like look at this It's right. when I say people I mean girls I have on dates which means no one <laughs> so yeah, you, you work a lot no I don't actually I'm just single uh, I don't drink so I don't go out I don't, I don't meet people it's weird <laughs> yeah I know but you just put out the second book which is uh, it's called The Beach Blog uh, you can get it online at aquabumps.com it's uh, got a unbelievable lenticular cover (laughs) which blew my mind the other night when you whipped that out thanks that is so cool tell me about tell me about this book it's it's like a quite it's it's it is the greatest hits isn't it
2: this is the greatest hits of you know it's now 15 years and i really i did a book my first book was bondi you know it was very bondi centric it was a day at bondi it won best photo book in 2011 as it should have which was a big oh you know maybe these book things are something in this we sold seven thousand copies of that first book then i was like you know what i want to do a book where i use all my shots from hawaii indonesia all these amazing places pp um you know i had 20 terabytes stacked up there going you know let's make a book we went through it and it's the highlights reel it tells the story of aqua bumps it shows kind of you know i guess my favourite posts, you know, shark attacks to uh, pipelines to Kelly Slater rocking up at Tamar and texting me before he came, came out and, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, really interesting stories that you never would have thought it happened a little blog with a guy with a little digital
1: camera on Bondi Beach. But you were there, man. You were there every day.
2: Yeah. Consistency pays. It's hard sometimes getting up, though.
1: No doubt. Because yeah. while... Everyone else is cozy and warm on a morning when the is coming in. You're on your bike and you're down there, man.
2: Two kids. Yeah, there's a lot going on.
1: But it's, it must be fairly it must be fairly routine by now. You must have like, okay, you just start moving it. Well, it's,
2: like I'm addictive, right? So I'm hooked up all these years. I need to go have a look at the beach just to see what's going on. Uh, yeah, it's a way of life. It's a way I start my day. It's a positive time of day. People are really happy at that time of day, you know, in the morning. They haven't got their mobile phone with them. They're not distracted. I find we're just so distracted now. Like, I'm even talking to you now. My phone's rung six times. It's driving me nuts. And I'm going, it's hard to be centered, you know. Flight mode,
1: bro. It's yeah. Crazy. I, don't <laughs> know, I, no, I longer, no longer put it on Vibrate. I put it on flight mode Yeah, right. when I'm busy. So, I don't even know. Yeah, that's, that's the good. best part. Yeah, so, I is can't good. bring myself to turn it off. Just put it on flight mode.
2: <laughs> okay. Point taken. So... But it could be Kelly Slater ringing me that on, he, he, I literally was doing an interview once when that happened.
1: Gotta go. Slater. Gotta
2: go. Um that's Kelly Slater saying I'm going." yeah, him and Taz are paddling out at at uh, Tamarama. <laughs> yeah, and I said, Let's wrap this up, we'll go. We're going.
1: <laughs> that but it's the consistency thing, 'cause this the interesting thing about what you do is that you've given this you've given yourself this constraint. You're only shooting with You know, you're shooting at this particular time of day. You're shooting this many days a week. Best light, though. Best
2: time of day to shoot.
1: Without a doubt. It's in the eastern suburbs, in the eastern side of our country. And and where I live, it's the other end. Yeah, I know. It's tough, though. Because it's like, you never know when you're going to get the sunset where I live.
2: But you can keep an eye on it better. I've got to peel myself off bed. Yeah, you do. Look through the windows, go, yep. High probability (laughs) of a good sunrise.
1: Can you pick them? Can you pick them by now? Oh,
2: Yeah. I bought an apartment in South Bondi that I lived in for five years solely because it had a bay view. I could see the sunrise and the bedroom faced east so I could, well, east, no east, so I could just have the blind open. I could smell a good sunrise, you know, half an hour before anyone. And I'd be there ready to go. Right. That's the trick with sunrise shooting, be there early. Right. Knowing when to go.
1: But the, the thing about that, you know, being constrained by you, you only, you know, I'm sure you don't take every lens you own out when you go out. You take a long one, you take a wide one. And
2: My general pack, like this morning, I took a medium format camera, just in case it's I want to get something in super high res. I took a Canon 1DX with a 200-400, best lens I've used in a long time. It's this zoom, which I never thought I'd use a zoom because I was a prime guy, but it's amazing. And I normally wander around with a 50mm on my shoulder. I love the 50mm kind of 1.2. Uh, I think that's my staple. But, I mean, I've got every Canon lens ever made, you know what I mean? I've got so many. That's, I find the gear can distract me. Sometimes I go, oh, maybe the tilt shift. Oh, know, maybe a wide angle. And I never make a, a clear decision. When I started on 50mm, it's funny, I've come back to it. I carry my 50mm. It's in my bag right now. Right. Just in case, I'll shoot a picture of maybe you, Osha.
1: <laughs> I never thought that, you know, I remember you telling me that you, you, do, you dabble in film cameras, but it never kind of crossed my mind that you'd be shooting medium format.
2: You know what medium format's good for? Those 12 by 12 meter prints, it, you saw at Facebook and Google and, you That's know. That's a medium format? Uh, yeah, it was. The black and white one, yeah.
1: What kind of camera?
2: It's a phase one. Eighty megapixels, IQ one hundred and eighty. All
1: oh, right. So here I am in. thinking you are shooting six by. Se- uh, yeah. Oh, not film. All oh, right, right. So
2: I, I do have a four by five. Right. But uh, it's you know. Yeah, yeah. No, hard, okay. Hard so you are shooting with a digital back, okay? Digital back, that. medium yeah, format.
1: Yeah. Oh, what 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 camera?
2: Uh, phase One DF. Right. And that's I normally carry that around if. Something's very stationary. I can got time to do the tripod, and yeah. you know what I mean. The cannon's fast and furious. Focus is immaculate. You know, like I can just go, zoop, got it, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shoot real fast and capture that moment. Goes back to what you said before.
1: It's all about that moment, man.
2: Getting uh, ten frames a second, fast focus, boom, we
1: get it. Speaking of moments, you've just said, you know, we just saw your second son just there. Spot. What was it like? Because I'm interested to know. Um, What's it like when you find out you're going to be a dad?
2: I love being a dad. I've got two boys. And I'm not scared to say that. I love having boys. You know, these guys, they fiddle with my cameras. Uh, Well, Jet does, the oldest one. You know, he loves the beach. He's furious about it. He's very passionate about it. I just love that. Um, When I found out I was going to be a dad, you know, I don't think any guy could say, oh, I'm so ready to be a dad because it's such a big life changer. I think we all think we're ready. We're not. And then the baby comes out, and it's amazing. You just switch dad mode.
1: It's just on? It's on. It's like a superpower you never knew you had?
2: Yeah. I just, it's the most incredible thing, and it, it is the most, you know, it's a miracle that these babies are born, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, I adore my children, and uh, I really hope, you know, I do these books because I want to leave a legacy, you know what I mean? In 40 years... I can just imagine Jet and Spike going, hey, Dad saw some cool things, you know, let's get his book out of the garage. And, you know, Dad did see some cool things and I hope they follow my path of a free life, you know, not constricted with briefs and clients and just do whatever you want to do and if people like it, they'll come along, you know.
1: But that's, that's the interesting thing. Did you, did you ever divert? Or, are, are what we what, do, what does what we see as Aquabumps right now represent? This is exactly what I want to do, or yeah. is it a commercial version of what you want to do?
2: That, that gallery out there that we're sitting in, you know, what's on the wall is what I love. There's you, you know, not what best sellers are, so I love that stuff on the wall. It's funny, but a lot of people do like you know what I love, I guess, you know what I mean? So, we like love the same things which sell well, but. My first and foremost is going, I want to put something interesting on the wall that I want to look at, not oh, we've sold a hundred copies of that so we must get one and you know prime position at the front of the gallery. I mean I just hate that. Right. You don't want to be you you want to you don't want to be dictated to. You know what I mean? I've self published my own books. A publisher would look at that book at the front, the new book, and go, oh you don't need the black gilding and it's too heavy, it costs too much freight. Let's scale it down, make it A4, and they'll take all the heart and soul out of it. You know what I mean? So. The designer and I sat there. and We said, "What would be the most amazing book? Lenticular on the cover? Yep, that's going to be seriously expensive. But we're going to do it, and we're going to sell it for the same price. You know, all these kind of things I can control and make how I, make it how I want it to be.
1: But it's a it's a much more difficult path, isn't it? Not not, yeah, not it making is. the book the way it is, but I'm talking like it's a much more difficult path making a living and putting food in the tummies of these children." by essentially monetizing your creative vision.
2: Yeah. I'm sure I could have had... Well, it's risk. It's riskier. Um, I could have gone with a the publisher. They could have wrote me a check and said, here's your pre...
1: Mate, you could, have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could have been like designing websites. You could have been like, yeah. you know, involved in some massive app startup that's, you know, someone else's vision using your skills for them, but you're using your skills for your own vision. I mean, and I guess that's what I'm asking. You're not...
2: Yeah, it's just mastering your own destiny, really. Taking control of your life. Living what, you know, if I partnered with someone, like sold half a business to someone, they'd go, do you really need to go to Hawaii for a month? I'd go, no, I could probably do it in a week, but I want to be there for a month. And, you know, it'd be sad if... I had to, you know, constrain myself like that. You know, I'm still got a lot of energy. I'm 39 years old and, you um, yeah, I've got a lot to do. So I want to do it my way. <laughs> Selfish, I know.
1: Not at all. It's, I find it really inspiring. Do you do you recommend it as a way of life?
2: Yeah. You've got to take control of how you want to live your life. People go to me, oh, you're so lucky, you know. You do all these things. Go, yeah, it ain't luck, you know. The harder I work, the luckier I get. But also, I choose the, the things I want to do and I want to do the good bits, you know. So, I don't want to farm out the photography every morning. People go, get someone in a kid in there every morning. You know, why would I do that? That is the best thing. I love it. So, I think it's a good way of living a life. Take control of it. Sounds like a bit of a pep talk now.
1: Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why I'm here Because when I, when, I, when I saw you that day At Brighton Boulevard When I saw you on the It's like Holy shit You've Bricks and mortar Yeah It's on You've, You're doing it You've found a way To make this thing That you love to do Put food in your fridge And a roof over your head You know what I went back to luck yeah, I'm lucky that people Like what I like Because
2: You see what I mean What if I was passionate About shooting Koalas It's niche You know <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it is <laughs> but
2: I like shooting things that people like looking at
1: I'm, I'm sure if, if you found the koala market you could corner the koala market
2: yeah not really in me wildlife photography you know what there's another Eugene Tan in Singapore who's a famous wildlife photographer everyone mixes us up he shoots koalas
1: there you have it <laughs> but you're the huge though
2: I'm the huge yeah no one really calls me Eugene
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so for people who are listening who like to shoot what would you say to them
2: find what you're really passionate about shooting and do it well you know do it world class don't you know this mediocrity thing is just you know you got to throw that out you want to do it be amazing at it think big ideas be consistent i'm going to go down the beach every morning and shoot at sunrise so you know i'm not going to miss one be innovative don't just troll the net go that's a good shot i'm going to shoot exactly that i mean that is just you know that yeah that that disturbs me that kind of mentality you know what i mean um be you know really passionate about what you're doing and it'll if it brings you happiness and it's satisfying then you know do it lots (laughs) <laughs> I just think we're in this great time of, of photography You can share it with millions of people Without any You know People are making these great sites Called Facebook and Instagram You don't need anything It's free If you told me that in the 90s I'd be like You're tripping Everyone's on this website called Facebook And it's the biggest photo site in the world um, Got all these tools The cameras are unbelievable You know Use all this stuff if you're into photography, use it all.
1: That could also, what you just said though, could apply to pretty much anything.
2: Yeah, it's true. If
1: you were like into writing or, or, or fitness or, or... Yeah, absolutely. Or finance or real estate or Do whatever. it well,
2: you know, do it really well. Do it world class.
1: But the only way to do something well is just do it again and again and again and again. Again and again, yeah, exactly. You set the alarm for what time of the morning you did? Well, at
2: the moment, 5.30. But 5. it, it's winter's like 6.30. God, that's like a holiday for me.
1: But yeah... No, about five, actually, you really at the moment. There's a Chinese proverb, I'm sure, about like whoever gets up first, like early bird catches the wind, yeah, all that stuff. Like, yeah. you, you, you're gonna have a hard time, like, not getting your stuff done if you're getting out of bed every day at 5 a.m. It's true. I get out of bed every day at 5 a.m., but just because I'm like,
2: <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> what, panicking about what you gotta do in the day? <laughs> just panicking yeah, about know. nothing
1: in particular. <laughs> it's the worst.
2: You gotta come down the beach, man, come for a surf.
1: Yeah, I haven't been surfing at all. No. Running heaps.
2: Yeah, I noticed. It's
1: amazing, man.
2: See, the thing is, I know when you're down the beach, I see you. Sometimes you don't see me.
1: I saw you two days ago when you were with a crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I no, I, never, I, I, I see you every now and again. But I've, Well, that was the one thing. That, uh, let's end with this. You are someone who has a perspective on a place that I've called home since 2000, Bondi Beach. You would see more than anyone how much this place has changed. Mm, incredible. What say two questions about how much has changed? What's the what's the thing that's changed the most? Do you think
2: real estate prices? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, that's that's totally Un- cool. unbelievable. When, when I moved in, I lived in on O'Brien Street above the Pizza Hut. We had eighteen Scottish backpackers living in the house <laughs> next door to us. All right, and there were still crazy people living under the under the under the bushes in our backyard. Yeah, like there was still homeless people in Borlo before it, the Olympics.
2: Th- that's still here. It's just moved around a bit. It's on my street, Roscoe Street. Right. Um, So we've got this great suburb. It used to be a Bronx, dilapidated, slowly getting fixed up. It's going through a massive transition at the moment, especially with the Swiss Grands now shut and renovating. You know, the Hakoa, all these developments around us. And it's becoming quite a sophisticated neighbourhood. But I still like that, you know, I take my son for a walk after I shoot in the morning. We have three synagogues on our street. We have Jewish people, Russian tourists, you know, um, we might talk to a homeless person, then we talk to a billionaire who's a property developer, and that is all within one block, now that's pretty incredible, there's not many suburbs that you can do that, In that's the why world. Bondi is so interesting, you know, yeah. it's great to shoot, it, yeah. the beach is are leveler, everyone goes to the beach, because they love the, you know, the water and the sand and they exercise, but we're all down there together, it's very level when we're down there. Right. And yeah, you know, I feel great. It's a great thing that my sons are going to grow up around that. Yeah, they're it's not like... going to think it's all you know, fancy cars and private schools. It's like you know, this is the grit and yeah, this is the glossy and these are the beautiful and this is yeah, everything.
1: And so, what's the thing that has changed the most? Do you think that people don't notice? You know what? I don't see fights anymore in the water. That's one
2: thing. Really? No, there's a lot more girls in the in the lineup. There's a lot
1: more tolerance. Because we should talk, talk about this. Is that it's probably the most people want to surf this beach more than any other beach in Australia. Yeah, it's famous. It's like There's wacky, sometimes it? 400 people out there, yeah. 40 of which know how to surf and can turn. The other 360 can fin yeah. chop your head open because they're having the time of their lives, their first day ever surfing, and it can cause a bit of friction.
2: But I have to say, it's, it's relatively calm. You know, when I came here about 19 years ago... And I uh, rocked up Bondi. I was like, wow, you know, um, there's pretty heavy mood in the water. May- well, maybe because I wasn't really considered a local then. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe after 19 years, they consider you a local. And they, you know. I'm
1: still a blow-in, apparently. <laughs> still. <laughs> but I-, I do think it's a lot mellow.
2: There are a lot more girls in the water and they just chill it right down.
1: Yeah. There's nothing that ruins my surf more than someone who yells. Oh, I, but- get, I get out.
2: That's, but that's everything Annie Aquabumps
1: is not Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really object I've got to that no behavior. time. For, I've got no time for that And, like, and it, it, it kind of bugs me Because I, I love surfing I really do And I often find When I'm reading those magazines you talked about It doesn't speak to me at all Because it's like it's has a weird view of women And it's all a bit too aggressive for me I'm like this isn't me man This isn't I like to sit out there and watch the sun come up and have a chat with my friends And chill with turtles and penguins And then
2: But that, you notice that Agro's never there in the morning Everyone's very happy To be up in the morning I find that Yeah Really? Oh, oh. Some, yeah, sometimes Oh interesting
1: Sometimes out there Because there are people On their best behaviour for you man They want to get their <laughs> They want to get their head In the, in the newsletter for the day <laughs> That might be it Maybe
2: Speaking
1: of getting your head on, I'm going to take your photo
2: oh, I'm going to take your photo
1: Okay I'm going to take your photo, <laughs> take your photo, on, take your photo on that what is that? Four five. Uh, that is a, uh, a modified Polaroid. There's a modified Polaroid 110A that Randy from Holger Mods built me. So it used to go like that, right? And he's machined the back off. and put a new Polaroid back on. I shoot a Polaroid of everyone I do on my podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. You, this has been really great, man. Yeah, thanks. I'm really happy we could do this. Thanks, congratulations. Awesome. Man. Thanks for having me on the show. Keep doing it. You're in, your inspiration. So <laughs> wait, when I. When I took your photo the other day at the book launch, the amount of people that hit me like you've gotta interview him, you've gotta get him on. People love what you do. That's really, good, really you know. It's you a positive
2: that's a great thing. Spread positivity.
1: Awesome, Huge. Thanks, man. It's good, huh? So that was Huge from Aquabumps.com. It's a pretty inspiring guy, right? It's like, how could he not listen to that and then just wanna go out and and follow it? Because he's a perfect example. He's he's just worked so hard at doing what he does and loving what he does. And he works really hard. He works many, many hours every day, every week. But he loves what he does. And um, yeah, Huge is on Twitter at Aquabumps. You can also sign up to his his email, aquabumps.com. Hit him up on Twitter. Let him know that you heard him here on the show. If you like this episode, please go to the uh, podcast page, osherginsburg.com slash OG podcast is the page. And you'll find a button where you can click and and tweet out that you listened to the show. And uh, that, my dear, dear friend for listening, that is the greatest thing that you could do to pay me back for... You know, listening to the show and enjoying it. If you enjoyed the show, you can repay me by just putting out a link on your Facebook page or just tweeting out that you're listening. Because every single, every single tweet, every single Facebook update counts, and it it makes my day. It lets the guests know that you heard. Sorry, I'm still in Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> inner city Brisbane inner city pressure happening here thank you to everybody that tweeted during the week Uh, just brilliant if you like the show you can subscribe on iTunes I've also put a link up where you can uh, subscribe on Stitcher stitcher Stitcher.com which is an app you can get for Android phones and you can listen there as well thank you so much to everybody that tweeted me through the week make sure you tweet at Aquabumps let him know you heard him here on the show thank you Toehider for the music at Toehider also thank you at Saltmarsh for the artwork I love my artwork. I love my music. Um, I've got the week off. I'm doing, like I said, I'm doing Breakfast Radio on Nova in Sydney, Nova Nine Six Nine with uh, with Rachel Finch, which is going to be super duper. So I've got the week off. I'm going to head to um, I'm going to go surfing in a place where the kangaroos are in the front yard. If that gives you a clue, I'm really looking forward to it. So there's no Wi-Fi there. So if I'm quiet for a few days, I apologize but that's where i'll be i'll be there if you need me but i'll be back towards the end of the week just i have to say thank you so much for making the bachelor such a massive success if you're listening to the show and you don't know i i host the australian version of the bachelor and we had an incredible ratings result last week with uh, the finale and then after the final rose thank you so much to every single one of you that watched even if it was five of you thank you to all five of you because you made us a massive success and we are now coming back for a second year which is pretty amazing um, the television is an interesting industry the work is often seasonal you can work uh, for six months on a show that gets canned after two episodes and then boom you've spent six months working on one project and you, you can't find something to pay the rent for the rest of the year but it's, it's amazing it's amazing and thank you all so 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 much thank you so much. A big thank you to at for the music uh, for this show. And thank you to at Saltmarsh for making uh, the artwork, which is brilliant. And thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for getting in touch and, and letting me know what you think about the show. I love making this show. I, I love interacting with the people that that tweet and facebook me it's just the best and i'm loving that this and what we're doing here has now bubbled up one level and um i'm hitting up onto uh breakfast radio next week on nova 969 starting on the second of december in sydney so i'll be there for a couple weeks with rachel finch the delightful rachel finch and we're making some breakfast radio so i'm stoked to be back on air uh i hope you listen in let me know what you think about that too I don't know if I can get any sneaky podcast plugs in over there, but uh, (laughs) let me know what you think of that as well. Have a beautiful week as the rainbow lorikeets and magpies sing us off here in Brisbane. It's fantastic. Oh, love you, Brisbane. You mean the world to me. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.
0: Hi.